Welcome to American Patchwork and Quilting Radio, your one stop for creative inspiration. We have a terrific hour of ideas and tips for you today, so let's get to it. Here's your host, Pat Sloan. Welcome to American Patchwork and Quilting's talk show. I'm Pat Sloan, and first up, we're going to talk to Diane Bowen from Blank Pages. She is uh, just an awesome designer. I love her work, and we're going to talk about the type of things she creates and about charity work because she does a lot of that, which is how I got to know you, Diane, is from some of the projects you were doing that were more charity-oriented. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Pat. I'm so happy to be here. Now, I always am curious about how people get started, you know, making their first quilt. And I asked you in advance, and you said that you made um, you made it for a baby, which happens to a lot of people. You know, babies really are, are instigators of quilt makers. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That's, that's how my stepmom, she's a quilter, and so when I was pregnant with my oldest, then she's like, oh, you have to make a baby quilt for your baby. And so, yeah, I've learned that that is, you know, a huge excuse for, you know, almost all quilters, you know, if there's a baby, then you have to make a quilt. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's funny. People actually will bank up quilts to, for babies, coming babies. They don't even know the baby yet, but it's like, I got yeah. the quilts ready. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've noticed that. That's, it's awesome. So when you made that first baby quilt, did it, um, did you sort of go, oh, this is, this is what I want to do? Or did it take a little bit longer to do another? Um, yeah, no, I didn't make another quilt until I was pregnant with my second son. And I was kind of like, well, I made one for my first son, so I have to make one, you know, for all my other kids now. So it was kind of a, kind of an obligation, I guess. I mean, I enjoyed it, but I, I didn't love it at Mm -hmm. first, so 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 what kind of thing sort of kicked off for you to go like, oh, yeah, I'm going to be doing this now? Um, I think the biggest thing that got me in was when my oldest was young, I started an Etsy shop, and I'd actually sew and make um, kids' toys and, and different mm. things like that, and I really I despised it. I didn't enjoy it, but I, it got me into blogging, and mm-hmm. about the time I was pregnant with my third child, everything I, in my life is timed off, you know, when I had my kids, <laughs> um, when, uh, and so then when I was pregnant with her and, and I was like, I think she's going to be a girl. And, and anyway, at that same time, I, I found like the online modern quilting world mm-hmm. and the mm-hmm. modern quilting bloggers and the Flickr group and that community that was on Flickr at the time. And I just dove in head first. I mean, I found it was the modern fabrics and, and just those modern designs that really grabbed me. And it just, I don't know, it really captivated me, and that's really what brought me in. So, Now, you are um, a very skilled uh, pattern maker for foundation patterns, so paper piece patterns. Um, when I just love them because, Diane, they're just, you know, they look so neat. I don't, I don't design paper piecing myself, so I'm always in awe of a, of a fabulous paper piece uh, project. How did, uh, why do you like paper piecing so much? You know, I don't, I don't know if I can answer that question. I just love it. <laughs> I, I feel like um, since I started designing them, and, and I mean, I first learned how to foundation paper piece from about.com. I, I made a pineapple block. And uh, anyway, but it just kind of went from there, and then I learned how to design them. And, and I just, 
I just keep going. I think it's, um, I really love art and the creative process. And so it gives me time on the computer to design and, and to have kind of that, that time for myself. But then, um, also I just really love the technique and stuff. And, and I've done some since I really started foundation paper piecing, I've done some regular traditional piecing, you know, quilts Mm -hmm. and stuff. And I'm always like, Oh, I really like this. You know, I should do more of this type of quilting, but, but I just can't stay away. I don't know. I just keep going back. So I don't know if I could say exactly what it is. It just is my thing. I guess it's my happy place. You know, I really love how you put, um, the fabric together for your paper piece. I'm looking like at your celestial star pattern, which is incredible. They're, big, glorious blocks, and you have, you know, laid out the fabric so neat. How do you, how do you think about that? How do you teach people to think about fabric placement? Um, I think it all, um, well, so with the celestial star pattern, um, I did a quilt along on my blog a few summers ago, Mm-hmm. And, um, and I think that really, I don't know that I'm always very good at helping people learn how to figure out, you know, how to pick your fabrics and be successful at that. But part of that quilt along, I did do, um, some blog posts about choosing color and, um, and really contrasting your, your values and then your color placements and how that really can change the look of a block because, you know, as my celestial star quilt, it's all the same basic pattern, but then they can all look so different. Um, I just, I studied art in college and in school. And so just those art history, those color theory classes, um, I think that really is what influences me and helps me. And so I do love to share that and, and try and help others to understand that, those concepts too. Um, and you and you also are a huge encourager of creativity. Um, you know, when because when you're doing those sew alongs, Diane, people get you know they get stumped or you know they get like behind. And you know, what do you what do you tell people to you know to get them to use their creativity? Um, well, I think just that you know, I mean, we all are so unique and we all have those gifts and talents. And I think especially as as quilters, you know, we all have that kind of artsy creative side to us and so I think it's just part of that you need to uh, digging down inside of yourself and finding what you like and and not just copying somebody else but really connecting with yourself I think that's really important in our lives that we that we do that and so I think as people quilt along um, I just try and encourage them and and really applaud them. I love cheering people on and just really seeing what people make and, and how they make it their own. And I think more than anything, that's what I love and what is really beautiful to me about quilts and, and the wide variety of projects that people make is just when it really reflects who they are. I think that's really what adds the beauty to their projects. You know, that that is so well said. It really it really shows when uh, somebody has had fun and had a good time. Their projects are, are always gorgeous. Um, yeah. You know, I want to just switch gears a second uh, because I want to talk a little bit about charity work because quilters are immensely generous. And when anything happens, people want to give people a quilt. You know, it's like a virtual hug, mm-hmm. right? I mean, you can't always be there, but you can send a quilt. When did you sort of discover the charity side of quilters? Um, it seems like, so I think the big time that really kind of opened my eyes to it, I think it was Hurricane Sandy. And mm-hmm. um, there was a big, big drive 
for quilts to donate. Um, and also like Boston, uh, um, mm-hmm. you know, different big events like that were, that were really traumatic. Um, you know, since I started late, those were some of the, you know, I joined the quilting community later, but those are some of the first memories I have um, of just seeing the community come together and make that. And so, um, but, but then I thought, you know, oh, there's all these different efforts going on in all these different places. And I just thought, oh, it'd be so more efficient if we could just get together in one spot and have one um, just resource, I guess, where you mm-hmm. could find people to help you or to start that. And so that's when I um, started Quilting for a Cause, um, that group on Flickr. Um, yeah, because Flickr was really person. like the place to have our community at one point point that was a big and it was you know people talked in the comments to each other and they made really good friends and so you you started the group there so people could help each other yeah yep yeah i did and then you know flicker sort of changed I mean, people just move that's the way it is they've been on you know people move from one area to the other so where do you now host this at for for people who want to be involved in charity work with you so I opened up on um, this summer. It was um, when the that um, quilts for for Pulse started. That um, thing for the Orlando Modern Quilt Guild started that. So then I moved it over to Facebook. I I hadn't really had a lot of experience with Facebook before, and so I was kind of like, I don't know. But then as I've learned how good groups are and can be there, then I was like, oh, this would be perfect. So I started it up there this summer um, just for people to come and join and, and not just for that one event, but my real goal mm-hmm. is just, you know, for any need that big or small that people can come and, you know, find help in their projects or, you know, start big movements for things. Yeah. I like the fact that you can, you know, that you ask people, is there something going on? Do you need help with something? It's a real nice community you've built, Diane. Thanks. Thanks. Yeah, I so, appreciate that. So how many people do you have right now? Do you know? I mean, do you remember approximately? It doesn't have to be exact, but. Um, I think last I looked, I think there's about 280 people in the group. That's nice. So, That's really nice because yeah. you get to know the people a little bit better um, and, and can really make friends and um, – Super. I mean, it's, it's, it is hard when you want to do something to have a central spot because somebody has to be an organizer, don't they, for any kind of charity work? Yeah, 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 you do need that. It's hard. To, it's, sometimes it's hard to get started or, you know, sometimes you think, oh, my neighbor's sick or, you know, this happened, but I can't tackle this project on my own. You know, mm-hmm. so it's a lot for, you know, people like that, that they can come and say, oh, look, here's this group you know, maybe some people will have time to help, you know, and then, yeah, like you said, it's a great way to get to know people and um, just connect in that way as well. So tell me, we have about a a minute, a little bit, a little bit more. Tell me what your current project is that you have going on. What's new with Diane? Um, Well, um, my biggest thing, I guess, I don't know what, I have stuff new coming up for next year, but I haven't really shared that yet. So Mm -hmm. I don't really have any words to explain that yet. Um, my biggest thing this year was my Zodiac block of the month pattern, which is finishing this month and the last pattern will go out in, um, a week or two. So that's been really fun. And then my other thing that I'm working on right now is just a charity quilt actually that I'm making. I had a pattern, my latest pattern that came out. I asked my pattern testers to make 
if they would, well, I asked them if they would contribute their ter- their test blocks for mm-hmm. a charity quilt. And so they sent me all their chest, well, they send them to a friend in the, in the group, and then um, I'm going to be finishing up the quilt. That is yes, such an so. awesome idea that they tested Thanks. the block, and then they're going to put it all together for a charity quilt. It's like super. So, yeah. so Diane, where can people find you? Tell everybody uh, where you hang out. So mostly I'm on Instagram. Uh, I'm from Blank Pages. I have a blog and on Facebook. I have a Facebook group from Blank Pages. I'm just from Blank Pages everywhere. So Sue. find me. Well, Diane, this has been so much fun. Thank you. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Patterns from American Patchwork and Quilting, Quilts and More, and Quilt Sampler, all available online. Buy downloadable patterns today at apqshop.com. Hi, I'm Linda Augsburg, Executive Editor of American Patchwork and Quilting, and I'd like to invite you to join me in making pillowcases and creating smiles. For people who love to sew or quilt, it's so easy to lift spirits and bring smiles to hospitalized kids, homeless families, and others in need. Simply join American Patchwork and Quilting Magazine's One Million Pillowcase Challenge. Make one, two, or many more pillowcases and donate them in your local community. You'll create just as many smiles. Join the movement today. Find complete details, download free patterns, and record your donations online at allpeoplequilt.com backslash million pillowcases. Quilt along with us in 2016. Join our third annual quilt along by making a quilt, a one block pillow, or all four projects featuring plus sign designs. Visit allpeoplequilt.com slash quilt along for a list of participating bloggers and designers and to see photos of what staff members and other readers are sewing. Share your photos on social media using the hashtag APQQuiltalong to join the fun. Follow American Patchwork and Quilting on Pinterest to find ideas for bags, baby projects, pillowcases, storage and organization, and more. Visit Pinterest.com backslash APQ Magazine to join the fun. Welcome back to American Patchwork and Quilting's talk show. So I am really happy to have Amy Barrickman here of Indigo Junction. I have to tell you, Amy is one of the first sort of designers, business owners that I met when I started in the industry. She had a booth just a few over from mine, and she came and introduced herself. And I had already known about her patterns. I had already bought them. I had already made them. So it was a thrill to meet her. I've worked with her over the years. So Amy, so exciting to talk again. Hi, Pat. It's great to hear your voice and get back in touch. I know. You know, you you are so creative. I mean, you were always coming up with new things. So I have this question for you. When you were, when you were growing up, um, you know, you yourself are artistic, you have that background. Um, but how about your family? I mean, did, did everybody make stuff? What went on when you were a kid at home? Well, yes, everything you can imagine was being made, whether it be gardening or sewing or embroidery or quilting. Um, in fact, I grew up uh, with my mother launching her first quilting business was um, one where she would make coats 
and jackets and vests and pillows out of uh, vintage quilts. So I've been surrounded by quilting <laughs> since I can remember. And uh, so it's fun to, to be in this business and, and share such a, such a wonderful hobby and, and, you know, gift to give other people too. Yeah, I love the photo you you found of you. Um, what were you probably about like eight or ten in this jacket your mom made out of a quilt? Right, right. It was <laughs> 1976, so I figured I. Well, now I'm telling my age, but I was eight. Um, I think I was eight years old or nine years old. Anyway, yeah, you were you were um, we were one. You were one year old. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, no, I've always my grand both my grandmother and my mother. Um, were very creative and really encouraged me to explore um, anything and everything. And probably that's what led to my fearlessness when it came to launching a business and and pursuing all these different, you know, creative ideas. So, well, that's what's so fun. It's like uh, today I want to talk. I want to talk about two things. We're going to talk about fabric flare, fabric flare, which is your brand new creative project. Um, and it's 3D and it uses scraps. So, you know, tell me about this and how the heck did you think this up? Well, funny you should ask. It was, again, related to my family and my mother actually is always, you know, coming up with ideas or finding treasures for me. And she found a dimensional um, star at um, that was made out of feed sacks um, mm. at an antique show and she bought it for me and... Um, Anyway, uh, we with that concept in mind, um, we developed this as it really dimensional paper piecing. So, the and once we created the star, um, and I worked with my team. You know, a lot of times I'm architecting, but I have a great team of talented people that that work with me. Um, so we first developed the star, um, and then moved into, oh, my gosh, what are all the other geometric shapes um, and projects we could create with this method? So the kits now have their six kits in the line, and there's a Christmas ornament, um, a, one that's a sphere, that the Brio sphere, which can be made as a bowl or even a, like a paperweight or a doorstop. Um, <laughs> and I love, I mean, I love using scraps, Mm-hmm. Everybody has a stash to, to you know, dig into. Mm-hmm. Um, but my favorite way to use Fabri-Flare is with the treasured, you know, textiles from maybe your family, mm-hmm. whether it's, you know, grandpa's ties and you're able to make a couple of ornaments for your cousins or whether you've found some, you know, a tattered apron that your mom used to wear, that you can preserve the memory with um, Fabri-Flare. That's, that's one of my favorite. Yeah, that is purpose. a really... You know, really a project with a yeah. lot of purpose um, and meaning to it. So, so yeah, the Fabri-Flare has been something we've really, we're really excited about. And we, we've done some videos that kind of tell how to do it, mm-hmm. that are fun and engaging and um, fast motion. So those are on YouTube. And then we're constantly coming up with new ideas. We just finished one that has embroidery on it and I'll be posting that soon. Um, but I, it really came out beautiful. 
Um, can you give me, Amy, can you give me one tip for the ones that are, are, are sort of all enclosed, like, like the star? Because you did a star for me um, out of my fabrics for, for the trade show. And, it, you know, what's, the, what's a trick for sort of hanging on to that as you're trying to get it put together as a whole unit that's solid? I mean, there's well, no, like... You know, some are more tricky than others. Um, I will give you a tip that we have we have worked um, to expedite the process in in actually sewing by machine. Um, mm-hmm. The initial um, faces of, of the star, um, but in putting it together, it just takes a little bit of patience. I will say, you know, following um, paper piecing techniques as far as um, Using, um, you know, a sharp, thin needle helps the process mm-hmm. along and, you know, a good thread. Um, but it's, you know, everybody I've found kind of has their own technique with it. And, mm-hmm. um, I think so just really at the very the end, thing, right? It's, it's just getting that last couple together. Right. Like, do you stick it in a bowl or on a cup? I can just envision needing like a third yeah, hand. That is, actually, that is, that's a great idea. I know, yeah. I mean, we've talked, some people have used like some wonder clips or something like that mm-hmm. as they go. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So that could be something if you, uh, you know, again, kind of, I mean, for that matter, it could be like clothespins or something you could, you could use when you're initially sewing things together and things like that. But, um, the, you know, in different... Really, a lot of people feel the star, which you'd think is the most complicated, is really easy, one of the easier ones to make. Um, mm-hmm. But the initial 12 sides go together pretty quickly, um, and then, um, then you can put it all together. And, again, you can see that some of that process in that video, the Fabriflare video yeah. that we have up. So hopefully yeah. that will help. And we're always, you know, if you have questions, people can always reach out to right. us and, or give us their ideas of things that work for them. That's what's fun, too. Well, they're very cool. People can see them at your website, indigojunction.com. So we're going to switch gear. We're going to talk about clothing because you have always been uh, had clothing patterns in your line uh, at Indigo Junction. What's new with uh, clothing? Well, we are really excited because this year we launched the Indigo Essentials line, and it really was kind of a celebration. This is our 25th anniversary. Um, oh. We launched this line as a new introduction of a brand um, to Indigo Junction. We wanted, you know, simpler silhouettes with easy sewing techniques. Mm-hmm. And a little more sophisticated style, and so that's what you'll find in Essentials. You know, there aren't any buttonholes, no zippers, um, really great, great patterns really for the beginner, um, but as well as, you know, the advanced, because the styling, I think, is simple, um, yet sophisticated enough that, you know, you feel like um, you have a very comfortable yet... Um, stylish garment that you make. Um, and one thing I will say about these patterns, too, is they really showcase fabric well. So mm-hmm. if you have a favorite designer's fabric that, you're, that you love, and these patterns are a great way to, you know, whether it be Kaif or whether it be, you know, Amy Butler or whether it be Indigo Junction Amy Berkman or New Kyoto line, they mm-hmm. all really um, – the silhouettes lend themselves well to um, 
really well to cottons, too. So we've designed them right. so they don't necessarily have to be made out of garment substrates. They can yeah. be easily sewn and and still, you know, flattering made up in the, the cottons that, you know, most quilters are more familiar with, too. So. Right. That's what I was just going to ask you, because most quilters are just most comfortable with cotton, but it isn't, oh, every, not every garment can be executed well with cotton. Right. So I'm, it's really nice to hear these are good for the tunics are just amazing. So they're super easy with, you know, something cute underneath. Right. Um, right. That easy nice. tunic has been one that's been really popular. Um, and again, with you know, leggings and boots being so popular, too, and just getting mm-hmm. ready for winter and warming up. They, they can make a nice layered piece for um, for fashion. Yeah. So to say, you know, fun to wear it and say you made it yourself. Yes, I know. I know. I haven't done clothing for a while, Amy. It's so it's kind of like I get out of practice for clothing. You have to sort of get back into it. So these are good ones for that if people haven't haven't done clothing for a while. So we have we have about a minute or so. Um you have been doing a lot of videos. You always have. So what's um kind of the focus of your videos lately? Well, we've been doing some pattern reviews where we look at a pattern mm. and um you know, bring out certain um, techniques maybe that are part of the sewing process, but then also share, you know, all the different variations. I think that's one of our strengths, too, that people will find on our website. When you go look at a pattern that we have online, we usually have, like, as many as 15 different fabrics shown in that garment or that purse of all the different, you know, variety of looks that you can achieve with that particular pattern. So we're doing some more of those this coming year. We'll be doing more with the vintage collection, and our, we have a magazine now, Vintage Notions Monthly. Um, mm. So I'm hoping to do some more videos sharing more of the kind of the vintage-made modern content that we, where we look back and find something similar to what we did with Fabriflare, but bring it into a modern styling. Yeah. Well, Amy, this has been so much fun to catch up. Thanks for all the tips and love the new stuff. Well, thanks, Pat. I really appreciate the opportunity to be on your show. Okay, everybody can go visit Amy at IndigoJunction.com, and we'll be right back after the break. Thanks, Pat. Thanks. Boost your sewing skills from start to finish with daily tips from the editors of American Patchwork and Quilting. Visit tips.allpeoplequilt.com for inspiration. Hi, I'm Linda Augsburg. Join me for a fun video series called Show Me How, brought to you by BabyLock. Each month, I'll show you how to complete a simple project from start to finish. Learn new techniques, see tips, and sew a great project with me. Visit allpeoplequilt.com backslash videos to watch. Get two full years of American Patchwork and Quilting delivered right to your door for the price of one. That's a full year free. Every issue is packed with never-before-seen projects from top designers, detailed photography, complete materials lists, and easy-to-use pull-out patterns and quilting diagrams. Subscribe today at allpeoplequilt.com. 
take an ultimate shop hop tour of 11 top quilt shops. You'll find them all in the current issue of Quilt Sampler, available now at your local quilt shop or on newsstands. Welcome back to American Patrick and Quilting's talk show. I'm Pat Sloan, and our show is brought to you by Moda Fabrics. Uh, so if you have not checked out the Moda Bake Shop lately or gone over to the Moda Cutting Table, which is the blog where they write all kinds of fun things, there's a lot of good uh, ideas for holiday decorating here in December going on over there, plus their Facebook page. So... Amy Ellis is here. She is a Moda designer. Oh, great segue. And uh, we're going to talk about her latest fabric line and some other really great projects she's working on. Hello, Amy. <laughs> Hi, Pat. It's great to chat with you. <laughs> I know. Don't you love these segues? And it's like, and guess what? I have a Moda designer with new fabric. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you're so awesome. your line is called Adventures. Tell, tell me about Adventures. Yeah, last summer, so like almost a year and a half ago now, our family, we went to um, Yellowstone and Glacier, and I took tons of pictures and was really inspired, and it reminded me a lot of growing up in the Pacific Northwest, so that's where it came from. Yeah, I think that, you know, I, I love the stories. I love how, how the, you know, everybody with their fabric lines, there's something that creates it. You know, there's something you see. Yeah. You know, was there like one item? Can you even think of one item on that trip? Because I know you probably saw so many, but it, did one of them you go like, oh, I need, I need to write that down? Well, I really wanted to include moss, but I couldn't find a way to translate it into fabric that really still felt like moss. So, but I love like that that squishy, like, really thick moss that grows there mm -hmm. in the, you know, the big forest. So, mm -hmm. um. <laughs> that, that was the <laughs> one item things. you're like, I need to get moss. And, of course, it yeah. inspired everything and didn't make it in the line. So that's Exactly. Like... <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, my goodness. It's like this is the way it has. This is real life, people. Um, yeah. Now, you, you also are doing some embroidery now. Yeah, just a little bit. I, you know, I love to take the time and do a little bit of handwork when I can. And um, I don't always applique a whole lot, but this list, this line, I just felt like it needed a little bit of something special to, to take on the trip with you, maybe on your adventure. So um, it says, it says, not all who wander are lost. And then there's um, mountains that are applique. And it's really simple. It's just some triangles. <laughs> so, and yeah. I like it. Yeah. Thank you. It was fun so, to work on. So when you're doing embroidery, you know, the in do you like to work in a hoop? Do you have a certain stitch? Yeah, I definitely like to work in a hoop just because otherwise it, my fabric gets wonky. Um and you know, it doesn't lay as flat later. Um and then for the the lettering, I just use the back stitch. It's like the easiest. And this, for this one, I did it twice so that the lettering really stood out. Oh, that's, yeah. I think, you know, that's really what makes a difference. Cause when you look at it, yeah. it just seems so rich. Yeah. It's got a little bit of extra depth to it. So I went around it once and then I looked at it and I was like, this needs more. So oh. I did it again. <laughs> <laughs> and there you go. This is, you just did it again. Uh, so <laughs> I'm going to have to try that, Amy. Um, yeah, it definitely helps in some cases. 
Yeah, sometimes you just want a little extra, you know, I don't know, width or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, tell me, where are you? You're doing a lot on Instagram right now. What um, what kind of fun things are you hosting over there or or sharing? Yeah, I um, I feel like I've kind of found my, my group there. Like people get me on Instagram, so I've been <laughs> hanging out there quite a bit. But, um, you know, I try to share whatever I'm working on lately, finished quilts, um, you know, anything really. I, I've been doing a monthly giveaway where it's like a $300 gift certificate and you just have to go around this loop of of 16 different accounts and follow in like their photo. So that's, yeah, that's been pretty fun. Exciting. Yeah, yeah. People have been liking that, haven't they? They have. And I'm not doing it too often because I don't want people to get sick of it, but mm-hmm. it's fun to do on a, you know, on a monthly basis. And it's, you know, it introduces people to different accounts that they haven't been following and gives them opportunity to win a, big gift certificate so and it's all fabric yeah. right <laughs> yes yes nice nice okay so you had the most gorgeous quilt um with a lovely snow scene behind it that you shared yes. <laughs> that was last week <laughs> yes I, I had been finishing up this quilt and i was binding it and i kept telling my daughter who's 16 now said you know I think I have the perfect shot in mind for this quilt like I need to take it over in the field and have the mountains behind or maybe have the snow falling I can't decide and then it was snowing the next day after I finished mm-hmm. it so I drug my family out with me to take the pictures in the snow it was kind of cold but um I really love the effect so <laughs> you got that was quite a bit of snow wasn't it yeah, but it's actually kind of late in the season here. We're up in the mountains, a little mm. over a mile high, and we should have a good, you know, couple, uh, you know, half a foot maybe or a foot on the ground, and we don't. So um, um, the mountains are catching up now. But yeah, so this <laughs> quilt that you uh, did your snow scene with, um, it's yeah. it's it has a purpose, right? It yeah, it's I entered it into QuiltCon for the APQ Nine Patch Challenge. Ah, it is, it is really neat. And, uh, we, of course we're taping this and I mean, we're, we're talking in December, so you have to go to Amy's December yeah. on her Instagram to see it. Um, it was called, what's it called again? Hyperspeed. Hyperspeed. It looks like that too. Holy cow. Yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> So, you know, with all this um, making, you know, that we do, it's our, it's our job and it's our fun, you know, it's our life. What are the thing? what kind of making do you enjoy the most? What is kind of your thing? You're like, I just really need to do this thing now. I, I really do love piecing quilts and, you know, people continue to ask me, is it still fun? Do you still love it? And yes. I do. I still love it. I I find the little things that I really enjoy, and I, I can chain piece for days and totally be happy <laughs> doing that, <laughs> which works out well when you're writing a book. So, um, <laughs> you know, the little things I enjoy, and then um, just watching a project come together always makes me happy. So, yeah, I agree. It's like I think that there's a whole group of us that it's our business, but it's what we would do anyways. And we still get excited Absolutely. about, yeah, we get excited about each other's things. It's like, Oh, I want to make that. Look what Amy did. I want to make that. Um, 
And then we yeah. do. I mean, that's the crazy part. It's like, yeah, I have a deadline, yeah. but here I am sewing Amy stuff. Um, it's like, yeah, <laughs> something else. <laughs> yeah. So, so tell me when you're getting ready to do like some, you know, three days of piecing because you want to, are you a person that likes to cut everything in advance or what is your method to your madness? Absolutely. I will spend all day Monday cutting or, mm-hmm. you know, whatever day of the week it is where mm-hmm. I'm getting ready to piece for a couple of days. So I'll spend the day cutting and happily cut three or four different quilts and keep them all in separate bins so that I can keep yeah. what goes where. <laughs> you know, usually they don't have the same size pieces, so it's pretty, you know, and I've done all the math five times already, so I mean, it's it's ingrained in me. <laughs> but yeah. But yeah, I'll, I'll cut it all, and then I'll I'll slowly work through piecing it all. And I like to chain piece and do that for as long as I can, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then go to the ironing board for however long it takes me. Sometimes that could be a whole day. So yeah, I'll just kind of uh, yes. you know. So what? Work so when you're it, like. A, when you're doing that, are you listening to music? Are you watching something? Because there's a certain point, particularly the pressing, you know, part that it's not too mind bending. Uh. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, I um, I do all of the above. I'll listen to podcasts. I'll watch a show on Netflix. Um, I, you know, music. It just depends on the day and and what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. I think music tends to help me cut <laughs> better mm. and faster. Yeah. So it just depends on what what I'm up to, but yeah, I do, I do try to keep my mind occupied in some some way. And so, with all of this um, this cutting, you end up with uh, scraps. You know, whether they're just because you can't cut exactly off, you know, to the forty inch wide or forty one. I mean, what do you do with your scraps? Do you keep them? What do you do? I keep them to a point. I have mm-hmm. a scrap bin that lives right under my cutting mat so that it's easily accessible and it's actually overflowing right now. Um, but if it's, you know, if I'm too busy working on deadlines, sometimes I'll just stuff, you know, a flat rate box full of them and offer them for sale for just the cost of shipping. Mm-hmm. And someone else can have fun playing yeah. with my scraps. And, <laughs> you know, a lot of times there, there's some good usable pieces in there. I just, you know, it was moving on to the next thing. So, um, so yeah, I, I, I keep them to a point. And there, there are scrap projects always, you know, in the back of my mind, but it doesn't always work out time-wise. Yeah, I think that that's the problem with those of us who design is because we need to use more current fabric. And so it's hard to go back mm-hmm. if we're not known for quilts that are everything but the kitchen sink, you know. So right. eventually you have to, you can't keep it all. It has to go somewhere. <laughs> <That's> right. <laughs> yeah. My my last book, Modern um, Heritage Quilts, was mm-hmm. based on Scrappy, but I did use some, you know, larger piece, you know, half yard cuts and whatnot in the mix of all of those. So, but there were some really good scraps out of all of that too. <laughs> Oh my gosh, this book is so cool too. Uh, for those oh, of you who haven't you. Um, picked up her, her book, Modern Heritage Quilts, uh, there was one I wanted to ask you about. The Chic Mania, that looked like oh. it was so much fun to do. Yeah. Um, it, it's, it's just one big block in the center and then smaller blocks surrounding it, so it acts like a border. But the majority of the quilt is just 
you know, massive block in the center. And it was really fun to, to come up with and kind of design. But, it, you know, it's a traditional block and just kind of reinterpreting it to where it's a little more modern. Right. And I think that that's what you do so well, Amy, is that you take uh, the traditional things, you just look at them a little bit differently. So, um, you know, this is the same block, like in three sizes, but yeah. it's super effective. And of course, I always like everything when it's giant size, you know, upscale <laughs> everything. And I'm a happy girl. I'm like, yes, yeah. it's huge. Uh, that's why. I don't know. I like that. Um, you, you do, we have about two minutes. So you do uh, some teaching, yeah. not, you know, you're not like a person on the road all the time, uh, but you yeah. are going out to Nancy's Notions. Tell everybody when that is because they can come and see you. Yeah, it's next May, and I think it's mid-May. I, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll have to give you the exact dates. But I have three lectures that I'm doing. Um, one is about big blocks. Um, yes. <laughs> another one is about um, scrappy quilts. And then just kind of looking at the modern side of, of the traditional blocks and quilting. Mm-hmm. So those will be fun, and I'll be I'll have a booth and product there and whatnot too. So oh, good. Exciting. Yeah, so people can come and see you because a lot of people don't travel and teach much. It's not on everybody's you know uh, list of yeah. you know what well, they do. So it's hard to do. <laughs> oh my gosh! I don't know how you do so much, but <laughs> I'm always in awe. <laughs> I know. I'm a crazy person. It's like I have to be, (laughs) just have to work, work it, work it. Um, So give me one quick holiday decorating tip since we're beginning of December. What can you sort of pull together fast? I love a quick applique pillow. I just posted last night a snowflake on Mm. a pillow top and it was quick and easy and it always adds a little extra spice to the, you know, the holiday flavor. (laughs) In your, I know. in your space. Yeah, and and snowflakes like can go into January, everybody. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> or you know, you could do a Christmas tree or Right. Or any number of things. But yeah. Well, Amy, this has been so much fun. Thank you for being here. Thank you, Pat. Everybody can visit Amy at Amy's Creative Side, whether it's her blog or at Instagram or everywhere else that she hangs out. Just look for Amy's Creative Side. We're going to take a break, and then we're going to come right back with um, another segment. Looking for fresh, simple, and fun projects and ideas? Check out the current issue of Quilts and More magazine at your local quilt shop or on newsstands. Join American Patchwork and Quilting on Facebook for daily quilting inspiration, tips, giveaways, and more. Find us at facebook.com backslash APQ Magazine. See our editors share their tips, ideas, and techniques by visiting allpeoplequilt.com and clicking on videos. See what other quilters are up to on the American Patchwork and Quilting page on Facebook. Simply go to Facebook.com and search for APQ Magazine.
Welcome back to American Patchwork and Quilting's talk show. I'm your host, Pat Sloan. I'm really excited to have Jennifer Keltner back on the show. She is the uh, Martin Gales uh, Chief Visionary Officer, and I just uh, wanted to get a little bit more uh, about some of the really cool books that they're producing over there at Martin Gale. So, Jennifer, thanks for coming back on. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. You know, first of all, I want to, you know, you've been in the industry a long time. You've been in publishing a long time. And I just have a like a personal question. You know, what has it been like to change from these different like newspaper to magazines to now books? Right. I tell people um, I'm working my way back to stone tablets. I think I, I started <laughs> out my career in the newspaper business when there was a morning edition and an evening edition. So that gives you some hint as to how, yeah. how old I am. Um, but but then I went to a monthly magazine, and when I first went to a monthly, they said, "Gosh, you know, we're gonna we're gonna have a pretty hectic deadline schedule here. We have to put out something every month." And I had come from the newspaper world where we had like 30 deadlines a week, so yeah. I thought, "I've got this covered." Um, and now uh, I work in books, and um, it is a very different time time schedule than it was before. But it's not like we're working on one book at a time. Mm-hmm. So, how many books will Martingale uh, that Patchwork plays put out in a year? Probably somewhere between 45 and 48. And it's sort of a rolling calendar. So I tell people it's a little bit like spinning plates in the circus. You just have to keep all the balls rolling all the time um, and make sure that nothing crashes down. Um, But they're all at different stages. Some are close to going to the printer and some are just in the idea phase. So each one of yes. them, probably at any given time, uh, not more than four books a month. Right. So it was really fun when I went out to your offices because I got to see, like, you do visuals to keep, you know, so you kind of see everything happening. It was it was neat to look at because I'd been out to the ma- to the magazine also where they had done something similar for issues. It's like that. Right, right. Because it is a visual medium, I am not a fan of the uh, spreadsheet, although they're a necessary <laughs> evil, I guess, in business. I am much more visual. So in my office, I have what I call the wall of wonder, and uh, it is probably two and a half years worth of book titles either that we've just published and are in print or that are coming upcoming so that I can sort of look back at the last six months and see where we've been and the next 18 months and see where we're going and make sure that the mix is right every month and that we have the topics covered that quilters are interested in and that we're staying on trend with what quilters are most interested in so we have a book coming out at the time those trends are really hitting their stride. Yeah, I just think it's it's fabulous. There, there's a whole series I I thought maybe you could tell us about because um, you've partnered with uh, Moda Fabrics and are doing a Moda All Star series, and the books are so fantastic, Jennifer. I just they're some of my favorites. Well, thank you. They're some of my favorites too. I think they are a really fun series, and really um, the idea for this came because, uh, you know, Moda has such a great um, stable of designers that work with their fabrics, and they're all terrific in their own unique way, and they each have sort of their own look and their own niche in the fabric world, and we wanted to figure out a way to sort of corral all those great designers into one book where people who are fans of Moda Fabrics could find a variety of projects that showcase those great fabrics. So, 
the All-Star Series started uh, a year ago with the all-in-a-row series where we had 24 uh, row-by-row quilt designs and 24 different designers each used their own line of fabric to pull together a row that could be used in a row quilt. And then it went from there into a book that came out last spring called Scraps Made Simple. And that idea was um, using quilts that started with pre-cuts. So maybe if you didn't have confidence in choosing your scraps, you could start with a collection of fabrics and figure out how to make a scrappy-looking quilt that that started um, with pre-cuts. And the latest one is... Uh, called Mini Marvels, and it's just come out in October of 2016, and it's little quilts with big style, and I think minis are really popular on social media. You see a lot of quilters putting them up on the walls in their sewing rooms or just around the house, easy ways to decorate if you don't have a lot of wall space to make a mini, and you can be started and finished before the weekend's over. They also, those minis also let you try a technique, and you're not like doing a whole big quilt. Exactly. In some cases, people think they're allergic to applique, and they're not. They just haven't tried it. So um, it is a great way to experiment or for a different technique or just to even, I think, sometimes get out of your comfort zone. If you always work with the same style of fabric, picking mm-hmm. a mini in a more modern or maybe a reproduction print that you don't usually work with, you can you can experiment and see what else you like. Now, let's Let's tell me a little bit about how you put together something that has so many designers. These collaborations, um, you know, do you, do you assign? I've been involved in some of them, so I sure. know that we're given some assignments, but, you know, like to pick from like our style or whatever. But how do you make them all go together so the book looks so fantastic? Well, a couple of things. We try to remember that we're great book publishers. We're not great designers, so we really rely on the designers to showcase what they do best in there. So we try to give them some um, parameters, but not really specific direction on what to do. Because I think I learned over my time in working in uh, magazine publishing that, you know, the more time you tell people, well, we want a quilt and we want it to have butterflies and we want them to have pink wings and we want them to have black and polka dots, <laughs> you just sort of narrow people's focus down. But if we just say, hey, we're looking for minis and we want you to showcase what you do. For example, your mini in the um, Mini Marvels book is a great butterfly design that's spectacular. And you could dream up things that are better than what we can dream up. So we try to come up with maybe a theme or a Mm -hmm. topic and tell you that it can't be larger than this and it can't be smaller than that. And then we ask you to collaborate with one another so that once you have an idea and say, hey, I want to do butterflies, that the other 14 people in the book don't also do butterflies. So it's sort of like a a great smorgasbord uh, or calling shotgun when you're riding in a car, you know, like dip on butterflies. You can't have it. Um, And that's how we get the diversity. But really, I think what's so cool about that collection of Moda designers is that you all have your own look already in your fabric, and that Mm -hmm. sort of leads you down a path of the kind of quilt designs that you specialize in. And we just get to pick the best of all of those great ideas and and genius quilts and put them together. And um, it's really pretty easy from that perspective. The part of the books that I think is really fun, in addition to those quilts, is we always add a little extra sidebar with each designer. Um, and we try to ask you questions because I think people are always interested. It'd be great if I could go take a class with all 24 designers that are in the row book, but the likelihood of that happening isn't good. So we try to give you a little hint inside, like what's in your stash? How? What size scrap is too small for you to save? 
right. what's your best tip for um, you know putting your project together so that you feel like you get a little learning along with your project and even if you don't want to make a project you learn something either about the designer or about how they work that can maybe help your quilting improve and each of those books you change up the type of questions so oh, it's yeah. not like yeah it's not like the same and they sort of pertain a little bit to the topic and um i i love that part too because i'm learning about my fellow designers uh when i read it i'm going through oh i didn't know they like that <laughs> right well and i think it's always interesting there's always something unexpected when i get all the answers back i think when we did mm -hmm. the scraps made simple book we asked people what color they had the most of in their stash and what color mm -hmm. they had the least of can you guess what the least was? Mm, uh, purple. Purple. It was. And I mean, it was like <laughs> oh. not, a, not a close contest. I would say there were eight or nine of the 15 designers who either had little purple and some had like no purple, not a scrap of it. So yeah. I, I thought that was interesting. Yeah, I have very little purple. So that's why I was just going See? online. You were probably one in of that. those. <laughs> It's like, okay. So I, I have uh, a question because when you go out and do um, you do the photography for the, these books and you must run into I – mean, you've done this for years for all the different things. Is, you must run into some funny stuff every once in a while. Oh, we, yeah, there's always – you have to have a sense of humor if you go out on a photo shoot. We have very gracious homeowners who let us shoot at their locations, and sometimes they're home, sometimes they're not home, sometimes they leave for work. So um, most of our funny stuff happens when the neighbors start to show up, and if we're shooting in the fall where the daylight savings time has passed and it's dark early in the day, we've always got a flash going and pretty bright lights going, and the flash is repeatedly going. So we've had more than one time there will be a knock at the door with, um, you know, somebody asking what we have going on inside there and making sure that the house is okay because you know their neighbor they know they're gone to work or whatever yeah. and we've had a couple uh, a couple people stop by just as they see us loading stuff into the truck uh, oh. at the end of the day equipment making sure we're not casing the place so it's <laughs> it's good it's good oh my goodness do you, um we have like about two minutes i mean this always just goes so fast um right tell me what's what uh is coming up in the future with Martingale? Well, I think coming up, we have, you'll see more Moda All-Star books. There's another one coming out in the spring of 2017 that's going to be all based on charm packs, the five-inch packs that we all seem to pick up when we go to the checkout stand. Um, but in addition to that, we always have a variety of things from uh, designers who are really into the Civil War and reproduction things. So we've got new things coming from Joe Morton, more coming from Kim Deal um, and her great applique, and Joe and Kim are collaborating on a book together that will come out in mm -hmm. February. Um, one that you'll be especially excited about is the Splendid Sampler book um, that will be coming out in the spring of next year. And I think block books continue to be popular. Um, so the Splendid Sampler book will be coming out that gives people an idea of how to set the blocks if they were playing along as the year went on in the Splendid Sampler challenge. But even if they caught up halfway or they dropped out because they got busy with life, they can have all the patterns together in that book. Um, and we've got a Civil War block anthology book that's, again, another block book centered on people whose love is reproduction print fabric. So lots of exciting things coming. And tell me, we have, like, we still have another about a minute. Tell me about the gorgeous picture books that you're producing. 
Sure. We have uh, we put out one book a year that is a hardcover book that really is ideas and inspirations for looking at beautiful things. They're not pattern books. Our first one was Stitches to Savor that showcased the work of Sue Spargo, and our second one was A Common Thread that is really a retrospective of of 50 years of Gwen Marston's work. And the new one that we'll have coming out in 2017 is Minikin Simpson's Blue and White. And mm. it's all about living with textiles you love um, that are all blue and white quilts and rugs and uh, different specialty textiles. I think people will really enjoy it. Oh, that's just fantastic. Jennifer, thank you so much for sharing a little peek at what's going over, uh, going on over at Martingale Books. Thanks so much, Pat, for having me. I appreciate it. This is American Patchwork and Quilting's talk show. I'm your host, Pat Sloan. Please join us next week. We'll have another show. Uh, visit allpeoplequilt.com, and you can visit me at patsloan.com. See you next time. visit allpeoplequilt.com for more information on topics from today's show, as well as how-to videos, free printable patterns, and additional tips and techniques. Thanks for listening.